0: VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
1: Good morning, it's Cindy, and I'm back from a grueling trip to New York City, but I have Uber agent, Uber agent, Sharif Ali, your favorite, on the line with me.
2: Hello, Cindy.
1: Hello, Sharif. Good morning. <laughs> you were wondering when you were gonna time that. Hello, Cindy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, last time it was easy because I was in the East Coast.
1: Oh, so now it's hard because you're on a you're on a phone on the West Coast?
2: No oh yeah.
1: Oh, because of the three hours sleep that you didn't get. That's right. Uh we know you're not a morning person, but we'll wake you up. Don't worry about it. We <laughs> we'll wake you up, Sharif. Have that coffee.
2: I got it right here.
1: Don't have a cigarette yet.
2: Not well. I already had two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have one afterwards. <laughs> you, well, are you? But you're home, right? No, I'm at the office actually. Well,
1: you know that's your choice.
2: You could have rolled out of bed and, bed and, and to you know use the been day home and actually get started early. Okay, so don't blame it on the radio show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, you know you
1: get started early. You know that you attack the breakdowns. Everybody should listen to the fact that they should sign with Sharif if you're halfway decent. That's right. Uh, That's no, right. no, no B people here. <laughs> <laughs> Sharif is picky, and Sharif really has made his mark in entertainment because he is known as <laughs> the sheeta attacker, the breakdown attacker. Because when those breakdowns come out in the morning, he's the first one to attack them. <laughs> Am I right? Uh,
2: I think you're mocking me right now.
1: I am so not mocking you. Oh. I mean, every pe- every playmate that is listening to me right now, okay, <laughs> should definitely know that you're the breakdown attacker. It's true. I it's mean, true. you know, you have to get there. They come out at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. And you have to be there first, and you have to, like, circle those those opportunities for every pe- every client that you have. That is true. And then you whip their butts. And tell them they have to get to the audition and they listen to you.
2: Yeah, that's the main thing. Too. It's amazing how many people just don't go. So we have to kind of force them sometimes.
1: Well, they think that, you know, people in show business, so many of them, and you and I have spoken about this before, you know, think that, you know, they should just go and meet with the casting people and get the job without being in a line right. with a thousand other people because that just wastes their time. Mm-hmm. But isn't that a part of show biz?
2: Absolutely. You have to show up. That's half the job.
1: <laughs> you have to show up, and you have to win their hearts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. We're making an announcement today. We're making an announcement about the new genre specialty that you're going to have. Yes. Okay. Amy Entertainment, Sharif Ali. Da 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 Drum roll. Which we'll we're going to get drum rolls soon. Oh, very good. Go well, ahead, have Ben.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we yeah, we're starting a new you know kind of horror genre specific department. You know, here at Amy Entertainment, where we're just, you know, kind of vetting hundreds of scripts, trying to find the best, um, you know, scripts in the horror genre. And we're also taking some people, you know, some of our actors that we're, we're taking right now have a name in horror. We just signed uh, Vincent Guastini of uh, Vincent Guastini Productions, who is a uh, special effects guy.
1: Oh, good! Um, oh, oh, you're yeah, really, you know, he, wait, well, what did you do to get the word out there? That's important. I mean, you know, here you are, you're a conventional agency. Mm hmm. <laughs> that has a history of like live band talent, right. <laughs> but you're changing that because you're the new blood.
2: <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Okay, and, and, you know, and, and horror is just something that I'm, you know, that I've always liked. And the horror fans are amazing. Like they're the they're the most amazing fans in the world because they're rabid. You know, they when they watch something, they'll watch it ten times. Oh,
1: definitely. You know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go um, for a second and talk about the fact that there's horror conventions like oh, yeah. you know Monster Com and Comic Con. You know, has become so big. Oh yeah, and, and monsters have become a part of that. Are you aware of those?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You I know, mean, they're and huge. You get a different they're different kind of fans than like the English patient people, you know. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> the, the studio executives that you deal with in horror as well—they're much more fun, you know, because they're they love it too. I know it's
1: it's there's a there's sort of a culty feel to it, and remember, cults aren't bad.
2: No, not at all. Not when you're dealing with horror. No, and, it's, and we're really practicing on how we say horror. Instead of just, we have the horror department.
1: The horror. Well, that's very, your Boston accent just came out.
2: Yeah, because like a lot of times we'll get, you know, people get very excited because I mispronounce or they think I mispronounce horror. And as I say, the horror department.
1: It is horror, isn't it? I
2: mean, if I were, you know, if if I were Stephen King, would I say horror? You'd say horror. Oh. It's easier when you're in front of somebody, they can see your mouth because if you're just talking on the phone, it sounds like the horror department.
1: Well, like horror. Horror. Like baby. what I used to
2: do for a living.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm not no, trending. okay, so it's, horror it's wh- the horror department. The horror yes. department. Everybody that wants to get into horror has to say horror like horror. Horror. That's okay, right. and not horror. Not horror
2: and not horror. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's, there's definitely an art to it.
1: I mean, but listen to this. You know, how many agencies can say that they're the... You know, they're the prime agency for makeup artists. And then you could get, like, you know, the really great ones. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the guys that did Star Wars and all of that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, Vincent was the first person that we took that was kind of, you know, not a writer, not an actor. Um, and he's, you know, he's done some amazing work. He worked on um, Requiem for a Dream.
1: Which was such, oh, my God, that's one of my favorite
2: movies in the world. Yeah, and he did that. He did all of, uh, you know, uh, Ellen Bernstein's makeup Oh
1: my God! No, really?
2: Oh yeah, and he's uh, he's one of Kevin Smith's favorites. He did Dogma, Giant, Silent Bob, Strike Back, and um, he's done drawings for the Creature from the Black Lagoon, Hannibal—just amazing stuff. Like to go to his studio is uh, is just a trip, you know. You're going to get now,
1: so you have to become more visible now that you have him. Are you going to do a press release that you we represent are. him now? Oh yeah. You got to get it into variety and stuff like that. You know those columns that we worked on together.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, you have to because you want every independent studio or even the largest studios that have horror divisions to be calling you. I mean, this is this puts you on the map, baby, and in a much more modern, better way. You know, for Amy Entertainment. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not I'm 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 not you know trying to poo-poo Amy Entertainment's history because at the time what Joyce Amy did was brilliant Mm -hmm. because there was much more of a need for, you know, the theatrical types. Right, exactly. You know, today everything has become, you know, so technical that, unfortunately, the need for, you know, old-fashioned live musicians Mm -hmm. just doesn't have the same kind of outreach potential.
2: Right. So look at how smart you are, (laughs) Sharif Ali. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean... The, the whole point of it, I mean, we had we had a great romantic comedy, and we had a great action adventure that I was going out with. Everybody does those. You know, and so it just got kind of got frustrating because, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do the other stuff too, the, the, you know, the theatrical department, the commercial department, the youth department. So it just it just started, I just needed to cut my, um, my reading down in half and really focus on what I like to do. So I figured the horror department, there's probably about 20 production companies that mainly focus on it, and you don't need names for it. You know you can do it on a lower budget, and plus, like I said, you have that rabid fan base, and all you have to do is find something that's that's just different because when you say horror, people think slasher, and that's that's not it at all. We're not looking for slasher films, you know uh, the tor- the new the new wave of torture that's kind of coming out like with hostel and um and like cabin fever, things like that you know it's just I'm not really interested in that. Well, you're
1: yeah. going to get a lot of calls in that area because that's where the young kids want to make money for ten, you know, make movies for ten thousand dollars.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, but, but if you, you look know, at something like Forever on Elm Street when it came out, I mean, it was just, uh, it was amazing, and it because it had a collective fear. We all have to sleep. We all dream. You know, and so that's where yeah, the You know in.
1: what? Your dreams aren't really dream. They're real. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that is very scary, been, like, actually. But you know, it sounds like you're much more extended. Mm-hmm. In horror, I mean, there's so many things that really actually can fall into a horror category. You know, mysteries and yeah. you know, um, like like Requiem for a Dream is the perfect. It, it, it's not you know necessarily classically horror in the way that we would think of a monster movie or you know a slasher film. It's art, right? It's, exactly. It's
2: Psychological right. thriller crap. Oh yeah. Not the Silence crap. of the Lambs is one of the. There's uh, a perfect example. It's it's almost a perfect movie. You know, and the fact that it won an Oscar. You know, back in the, like '91, I think the last time I actually agreed with the Oscars, it was uh, you know, it was just a turning point because it, it's just such an amazing movie, and it it is horror.
1: Oh, the other thing that's happening today, um, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, is that you know people really fear um, Armageddon. Right. Um, you know, Nostradamus said <laughs> that the world was going to come to an end, you know, about this time, right? <laughs>
2: right, exactly.
1: And, you know, it 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 creates such you know, such a lucrative environment for people to really use their imaginations for end of the world scenarios and what does the end of the world really mean and it could be like end of the world Armageddon meets nightmare on Elm Street and
2: it could be very frightening. Oh, no, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, cause that you're, I mean, you're given such free reign because there's, what you're dealing with is the unknown. And that could be anything, and so people are really able to just really you know use metaphors. I mean, one of one of the TV series that I used to love was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that's because it was using metaphors. It's like high school is hell. Well, it actually was. So I knew you
1: were a Buffy fan. I just knew it.
2: Oh yeah, I love Buffy. <laughs> I love Buffy. But you know, but here's the thing about the horror fans is they're willing to follow people from genre to genre. Like I know, like after the show went off the air, Josh Whedon is now doing a um, a comic book series of season eight. They ended at season seven. He's actually continuing it without the actors. Oh, so it's a a lifelong opportunity. We have to take a break,
1: Sharif. You're coming back. We're going to finish talking about horror and Sharif Ali, who is Uber agent from Amy Entertainment, (laughs) Inc. We'll be right back.
3: Listen wherever, whenever. VoiceAmerica.com
0: Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything. Except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of two thousand people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E Channel, MTV, the Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rack and roll entertainment.com or call 1-818-597-0700. premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rack and roll Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding, uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous Muscle Mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else. Every week, Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like, if how was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained.
3: VoiceAmerica.com
0: Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz.
1: We're back with Uber agent Sharif Ali from Amy Entertainment. Why don't you give your website?
2: Sharif? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, what did you say? I said, I love that kind of talk.
1: Oh, you love that kind of talk. (laughs) Well, you know when people are in public relations, not necessarily publicists, but in public relations, (laughs) (laughs) they get to talk like that. Uh. (laughs) I know, I'm so funny with my inside jokes. But anyway, um, how do people, do you have a website? Yes, we do. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, it's AmyEntertainment.com, but be careful, there's three E's.
1: Yeah, well, you might want to spell Amy because it's not exactly ah, the
2: conventional Amy. That's true. It's A-I-M-E-E, and then entertainment.com.
1: And it's, a, it's really a great agency. It has great history. I mean, you know, it, what, what, how long ago, I mean, what are you, in the business for like 40 years, 50 years? Yeah, we've been here since 62 that's a lot of history, it's a lot to say for a smaller boutique agency
2: absolutely most most boutiques they're they're out of business, you know, and it's just been uh it's been an amazing there's a lot of history here and I'm, I'm and I'm grateful to be a part of it too, and to kind of push it forward,
1: yeah because you know you're kind of like the young dude, the young kid from Boston mm-hmm. right that came in <laughs> wanted didn't necessarily want to stay in the restaurant business that's true <laughs> um Looky. you know because. The Uber agent actually has a family that are famous restaurateurs, but we won't talk about that today. Okay. Um, and, you know, what it was really a terrific succession story, to tell the truth, because every great leader or founder has to look at, you know, who's going who's to take this thing over and who's going to make it go and who's going to appeal to a younger community, mm-hmm. because that's just part of a life cycle. So I'm actually very, very proud of Joyce for Joyce Ami, founder, you know, for being, you know, very, um, you know, in front of things.
2: Oh, absolutely. Having and, you know, in mind. When I because... first brought up the horror department to her, you should have seen her face. You know, it was just like, I mean, she hates horror. You know, she's she's a, uh, you know, she likes romantic comedies. And she, you know, and she likes dramas a lot, too. Um, but, you know, she kind of got into it. She understood, you know, the financial aspects of it. And uh, the fact that it kind of, it would open the door to us on a, um, you know, more exclusive level. And, uh, you know, she completely embraced it.
1: Well, you know what? She, you know, she might be thinking of horror as some of the ways that, you know, some producers have bastardized the genre. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, when you think of horror today, you know, again, you, you think of slasher films because they're the ones that get to the box office cheapest and most quickly right. and make money, you know, easily. But, you know, Joyce comes from an era also where, you know, the horror films became the escape of the day and people would go to the movies to watch Frankenstein and, you know, Werewolf and Dracula and right. Mummy because, you know, it was, you know, a war, you know, movies started to come out, you know, around the World War I time. hmm And then there was the Great Depression, and, you know, people went to movie houses to truly escape. They would put a nickel in and go. Right. Um, Right. And I think that she remembers that historic connection and appeal. Yeah. Um, So I'm glad that you were able to, you know, connect with her about it, and I'm thrilled. I want you to be the horror. (laughs) I want you to be the horror place. Anybody that's great in horror, especially people who have experience, I want your agency. I want you to be thanked at next year's Academy Awards. Ooh,
2: I like that. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. Yeah, no, I, mean, I
1: have to thank my agent Sharif Ali. Without him, I couldn't have done anything. And yeah. I want to thank God
2: too. That's yeah, always God uh, and the mother. You know, but the, the thing is, just like everyone was talking about this year's Academy Awards being you know such an international feel, and horror is one of the few genres that really it. it knows no boundaries. I mean, African Americans love it as much as Hispanics love it, as much as, like, Caucasians love it. Um, And there's, because International was, you know,
1: was such a successful and popular category, uh, well, you know, because so many International films were accepted this year and won this year, um, it's really important to note that there are so many different storylines available when you think of the horror Stories that could come out of places mm-hmm. that are really remote, like think of a horror- per- a horror movie or production out of Argentina is going to be very different from one coming out of um tanzania right um, Think of the horror that could come out of places like Iran now mm-hmm. um you know it, it's it's very very tough sometimes when a person lives in Iran right. <laughs> to produce such a thing, but it it's gonna happen more and more. You know, India is another big supplier of films, and I was really happy to see, this year, of course, being the Chinese master that I am.: yes. that um, you know, the documentary about Chinese kids with AIDS. You know, one best documentary. I was so excited when the little producer woman who couldn't speak English thanked her Pang <laughs> yo, which means her friends. <laughs> See, I can understand that stuff now.
2: <laughs>
1: Maybe I could be your number one importer from China.
2: I, I would love it because, hey, they're doing a lot of great things, too.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, although their stock market wasn't really good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made a world panic. But you know what? A country with two and a half billion people have to make stock adjustments too. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, yeah. I laughed so hard because everybody panicked. What did they think that China wasn't going to like? You know, it wasn't going to count. <laughs> I'm like, ha-ha. For the people that ask me why I'm taking Chinese,
2: there's your answer. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a smart thing to do. That's where we're heading. Good. So perhaps
1: one day we'll work together yet. You'll have your horror department. You'll have your youth department. You'll have your talent department. And you'll have your Asian department.
2: I uh, love it. <laughs> love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then we could, I, I would love to have beautiful art, you know, and beautiful film direction and production. Coming out of the countries like I mentioned before, like I mentioned Iran, but there's so many wonderful countries, you know, in the Middle East right. that people aren't perceiving right because they read the newspapers and they think that every part of the Middle East is just terrorist central, and that's
2: not true. Yeah. You no, know, you know, but you mean you, you basically take something real like that and you, you fictionalize it up a little bit. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth, for example, was just, it's, it's a war movie. It is, and it's from a little girl's point of view, and how she had to escape. Yeah, and it's an amazing film, and you know, Guillermo del Toro was amazing in it. He he did uh, The Devil's Backbone as well, which which was definitely worth checking out. Oh, okay, look at you, yeah. Mr. Horror.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, when are you going to start having horror screenings out of Amy Entertainment's offices? No, you have to go downstairs to the Barry Place. Oh, yeah, then that's in Barry's Place. Oh, you know, they have to like, pull to down the shades, and then it could be your screening room. You have to be like U.M. Hefner, you know, on Sunday nights he has original movies. We have to get you to get the better people to come to your place.
2: I would love it. We will watch Old Boy from Chanwook Park. That's oh, something my something you should see. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm going right to the Chinese.
1: I know, I'm, I'm very impressed by that It could. You could have the film screenings Of the next hot international films If half on Sundays you, I mean, he's one of many people That have relationships with the film studio So he gets, you know, the first run movies Before it goes out into the theaters Right You know, he's one of those mm-hmm. So you could get the first run movies Before it goes into the theaters For everything international, you know, and horror Yeah I mean, would, how cool would that be? That would be amazing Oh, come on, where, we have to make this
2: happen Huh? Is that's definitely something to shoot for.
1: Oh, it's definitely something for sh- to shoot for, but when you make it happen it happens. Yeah, that's right. When you make it happen, it definitely happens. i'm very, very proud of you, Sharif. I think that this is all very fantastic thank you Cindy and also you're creating you know you're creating more opportunities for your wonderful talent department to perhaps have a part of
2: Oh no, absolutely because that was that was another conscious choice is because you know you really like i said, horror doesn't need a name you you know the horror genre sells itself, so therefore they're more open to have. You know some unknowns in the parts and kind of make their careers that way. So many people have started their careers in horror, and uh, hey, William Morris does it. They they package all the time. Why can't we? Well, yeah, Endeavor does too. Yeah, your friends at Paradigm do too. Everybody does. So
1: you have to be the you have to be the new young hot shot in yeah. movies because everybody else is getting older exactly. before
2: you get older. <laughs> and before I before I become just one of them.
1: Well, stop the smoking, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, know, you're going to become know, old fast with the and smoking. It, so. Drinking is okay, but stop the smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, but smoking yeah. and driving goes better. What? Smoking and driving goes better than drinking and driving. Well, that's true. See?
1: I'll give you that. <laughs> but you know what? Smoking and screening isn't necessarily a good thing, because if you want to have, like, hot shut celebrities come to your screenings, everybody that, you know... Most people who are hotshot celebrities don't have to smoke because they're not nervous because they're already established.
2: Well, that's true, but they're also, you know, probably starving and so they need a cigarette to kind of
1: temper that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then you'll end up looking like Peter L too. I
2: know exactly.
1: <laughs> um uh, it was he I felt bad. He did look he showed his age a little bit finally. Oh yeah. Um, You know, he looks like a different kind of person. But do you think, like, if he let himself go bald and didn't have, like, that toupee-like
2: thing on, it would have been better? Yeah, pro- probably, because then you actually look like a real person at that point, you know, <laughs> kind of a caricature. <laughs> not that I don't like Peter O'Toole. I'll be honest, I've actually never seen a movie with Peter O'Toole. I know.
1: That's weird. You being such a movie fan?
2: I know. I just It just never happened.
1: I mean, you know, he's done some of the classics.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to check him out. I know.
1: Uh. Oh my God! <laughs> what did you think of Ellen DeGeneres?
2: Uh, you know, I liked her bits after the monologue. The monologue was kind of boring, but she kind of kept the pace going. She kept kind of kept it going. She was very enthusiastic. I thought she was better than Billy Crystal. Oh yeah, he's yeah that yeah. He kind of annoys a little bit. He's, he's I mean, just too much you know, energy.
1: I mean, I thought it was like really funny. Here, my favorite joke was, you know, let's face it. Okay, if there weren't Gays, black, and Jews. Okay, There wouldn't be an Oscar. That's true. And then she adds, and, <laughs> and nor would there be anybody named Oscar. <laughs> I thought that was
2: really funny. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she did a good job. She definitely kept it moving. You know, okay. and it, it was interesting. It was. You know, I liked uh, you know, Eddie Murphy's reaction. was was funny. Everyone looks for those. That's, I think that's why people watch to see the reactions to see who didn't lose and how they looked.
1: No, it's true. I I, I just thought that the Grammys were very disappointing to me this year. I know, I don't know if you watched the Grammys, but it just seemed, it was the 49th year and it just seemed like they were cutting back their budget for the 50th perhaps. I thought, you know, it was very, very apparent that hip hop has, you know, lost its popularity amongst the Grammy fans. Right. Uh, I thought that, I, I thought it was ridiculous that you know mary mary blige as much as i like her and i think she's talented that she was like the winner of every (laughs) category that existed in grammy land (laughs) i mean it's like we have a little bit of diversification okay and what happened to the old rockers i mean couldn't we have some fun
2: yeah yeah exactly they're not they're not that much fun anymore
1: and why is carrie underwood like the new superstar doing like the eagles cover band (laughs) <laughs> I, I just, I, you know what, the whole thing just seemed kind of coerced and ridiculous, and you know. But I, I thought the Oscars were done much better. But I'm going to let you plug your agency again.
2: All right, with okay. Amy Entertainment, so talk the new about... horror department.
1: Okay. Got
2: uh, you're better at this than I am, so I'm going to let you do it.
1: Okay. Well, if you want, if you're interested in the new horror department at Amy Entertainment, you must contact. My boy, Uber agent. <laughs> yeah, I do that better than you. <laughs> yes,
2: you do do it better than you. Uber agent,
1: Sharif Ali, and should they contact you how? Uh, they can, you know, through through the website.
2: Through the website is the best way.
1: Okay, it and it's, it's you www.amieentertainment.com, know, and that's Amy, A-I-M-E-E.
2: E. I said E. Oh, very, two E's. I Well, I said A I M. Oh, there we go. See, I didn't hear that part.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amyentertainment.com. I'm telling you guys, Sharif is, you know, a maker of the future, and it's starting right now. So you could be in the next remake of The Exorcist 47. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding.
2: (laughs) Hopefully something Uh, better. uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Requiem for a Dream 2, or 3, or 4. Because he has the guy that did makeup for it, right? That's right. Oh, that is so great. What's his name again? Vincent Guastini. Vincent Guastini. We congratulate you, Sharif. We congratulate Vincent Guastini and all of your clients that are going to be in the next Vincent Guastini movie. That's right. So okay. you, thank you for Thank me. you for joining us, Sharif. To go take a nap.
2: All right. Thank you. We'll
1: talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Okay.
2: Bye-bye. Bye.
4: Unlimited talk at your fingertips VoiceAmerica.com
0: Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything Except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking games, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E-Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.Rack and Entertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L-Entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. We premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio show. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.raknrollentertainment.com. dot com
3: The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do. And learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, Relationships. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards
0: than she can hang on her wall including three Clios call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one ok, maybe not but she will answer your questions now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R
1: we're back with our newest
4: correspondent Angie Bailey. Welcome, Angie, girlfriend. Thank you, Cindy. You know, I appreciate you inviting me onto your show. Well, I wanted to have
1: you on for a very long time. Angie Bailey is going to be my young political science correspondent, and she's going to talk about news with me from time to time, or whenever she wants to promote something she wants to promote. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, street stuff, everything, because Angie's opinion really counts. (laughs) Is that cute? So. <laughs> and we know that you get the whole family to listen, so it's a it's a big deal. Absolutely.
4: How's life been going post um post Performance Labs Inc? You know, life is is interesting because my kids, I'm really involved in their schoolwork and they just submitted their science project for the science fair and i was talking to my my supervisor lily yesterday and i was telling her it feels like it's my project because it seems like i'm doing most of the work well welcome to welcome to
1: being a hands-on mom oh, amen <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? It must be really great for them. Listen, I, could, I have to give you, you know, kind of an informal award. I cannot believe that you must have had the longest
4: commute in commuter history. I think that we should submit you to the Guinness Book of World Records. You know what? That that would be great, but I don't think it is the longest. You know, it, it was a long commute from Lancaster to Calabasas. That's about 80 miles. I mean, it's like liner. going to Las Vegas every day. But you know what? I was just happy... you know, have a job to go to and because Richard and Lily and everyone there treated me with Such respect. I was never treated like a temp. You know, they took me. No, you were not.
1: You were treated. You really were not. And even if you were a temp, let me tell you, as soon as you would open your mouth, people would say, "She's so intelligent."
4: (laughs) Well, (laughs) she's so intelligent.
1: (laughs) Speaking of Lily Whitaker, I, I have to bring attention to the Kensington Memorial Golf Tournament. Do you know that that Lily was involved in this on an annual basis? Yes. It's it's a very, very touching story, and I promised, Lily, that I would always talk about it on the
4: air because I want people to shut up and sign up. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely, and it's such a good cause. And she has a great testimony behind this tournament, and I just hope that everyone just, you know, drop what they're doing for a day, and come on out and have fun and, you know, and give to the cause and, you know, hear what it's about because it's really wonderful.
1: Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some information for people who are interested in helping out. This is a very, very important cause in Ventura County. There is no trauma center, believe it or not. So if anybody gets hurt or severely ill in Ventura County, there isn't anywhere where, you know, People can go. Kids can go. So what happens in essence is not only a family dealing with a tragic illness or an accident or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. they have to deal with um, flying them to San Diego or flying them to San Francisco because there's no local place that can accommodate this. And, you know, Lily and her husband have put their heart and soul into this because they lost their son, Kensington. And I think everybody should pay attention to what this family is doing to turn a loss into something beautiful. Yes. And the phone number is, if you would like to donate an item or if you want to become involved, is 805-524-9300 or 805-625-0925. And again, that's for the Kensington Memorial Golf Tournament. It takes place on April 13, 2007. So have fun, play golf, and, you know, help families in the future. Because, unfortunately, stuff happens, and why would you have to be torn away from your home at a time where you really need to be close to home Absolutely. and feel good? That's right. Doesn't that
4: sound good? It sounds
1: great. And Lily's a terrific woman. I yes, mean, she's... She I'm so happy, and Angie, I'm so happy that I worked at Performance Labs because some of the people that I met there are life friends. You're a life friend. Lily is a life friend. Um, you know, you know it, there's it so just, many of them. It had a
4: family atmosphere, and that's, it didn't, the drive there was wonderful. I was going to work. My husband, he even noticed. He's like, okay, she's happy to get up at 3.30 in the morning. What's going on? And I'm like, if you only knew what I'm driving to... You know, I'm just so happy to be there, but on the way home is when I'm sad because, you know, not sad that I'm going home, of course, but I'm sad that I'm sitting in that bulk of the traffic and I'm just, like, totally upset because... You know, it's awful. The traffic on the four hundred and five. I see why they call it the four hundred and five because it takes four or five hours to get where you have to go. (laughs) And it's awful. I'm going to start telling people you
1: take a four hundred and five. You take the what? You take the four hundred and five. What's the four hundred and five?
4: It takes four or five hours to get anywhere. Yeah, I mean that is the worst freeway, I think, in Southern California, and something has to be done. Add more lanes or, you know, expand, add another deck, add a monorail in the middle, something. How about, you and I talked about this briefly, how about Los Angeles, okay,
1: getting hip with mass transit? I mean, every city in the country has a decent, you know, metro or subway system. Right. This is a city that
4: really needs it. Yeah, and we're the worst. We have more people here that commute because every family has at least two cars. It's not back in the 70s when there was one car for the whole family and everyone just drove that one car. But now cars are so affordable and financing, you can finance a car for 10 years. So why not everyone get a car? Teenagers have a car and then their mom have a car and then the grandparents have a car and then, you know, the cousins and aunts, everybody has a car. Well, so, you have
1: to, because there's no way to get around.
4: Right, and then most people don't want to take man's transit because, you know, my goodness, they don't run often enough, and then if it doesn't run often enough, it doesn't go where I need it to go. So it's crazy.
1: Oh, God. Why didn't they think of this when they started expanding in Los Angeles?
4: They didn't. They I really mean, didn't. Poland has it. a great...
1: You know, you go to Eastern Europe, okay, some of the... You know, some of the sad gray capitals of the world, okay? And you could get from place to place very, very easily.
4: Yeah. like in London. When we went to London, I said, why bother to rent a car? We took the tube, which is their underground train. It took us everywhere that we wanted to go. And then if the train didn't get there, they had bus service that ran like every three or four minutes.
1: Uh, No, exactly right. We are so behind. But you know what? You're a political science major. You know, you want to do something in politics perhaps one day. You should make this your cause.
4: You know, if I get there, I'll definitely do that. But that would probably be second. The first thing I would like to do is work on education, public education for children because, you know, our schools right now, number one, we don't pay our teachers enough. We really oh, that's don't. for sure. so underpaid. It is not even funny. And then number two, the books that these children are reading from or working out of, especially in the disadvantages, neighborhoods, they're old. You know, and right. there's not enough books to go around, and it's ridiculous, and something needs to be done.
1: Well, then book drives have to be done. It's very simple, and they used to be done. What happened to them?
4: Exactly. What happened?
1: What um, happened? I, good. I, mean, I mean, we question. used to have them in the New York City schools. I remember we all used to bring in our old books and stuff and they would be distributed around, you know, to people that couldn't afford books. Right. And um, it's just one of the things that seemed to have gone through the wayside. Do you think, because uh, this might be a really, really silly question, but sometimes families that, you know, have lower incomes will take all of their money, pull it together, and buy that one family computer, because they'll feel that, you know, all the kids could play the games on it and all that kind of stuff. And maybe they're, uh, do you think people are stopping... Do you think
4: that... You know what, Cindy, part of the problem with that is that people are very selfish nowadays. Everyone is in this mode of me, 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 and I, 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 and I got to do for me first, me and mine, instead of coming together as a community and helping those who need help. And that trickles down into our kids, and then it goes to, you know, our great grandkids. And... That's the mode that we're in now. You know, we don't. You know, we don't look out for our neighbors anymore. You know, it's all about me and mine, and we need to stop that.
1: Oh well, yeah, no, we really do. It's it's very depressing. Uh, neighbor, everybody went into their own silos, and right. um, and they know. don't
4: invite others. You know, they're like, no, I just have enough for me, and it's like, well, did you plan for others? Because one of the things, you know, being out here in the Antelope Valley, and we're very close to, you know, this is earthquake country. So we're prepared, but we're also thinking about our neighbors because, believe it or not, I know every single one of my neighbors on my street, all of them, and their well, families. Thank God you have we kids. You know, if somebody, you know, you need them
1: to be looked after if you shouldn't be there for a moment.
4: Exactly, and vice versa. But the thing is, in the event of an emergency, the thing is, can I go to my neighbor, and can my neighbor come to me in an emergency? And and my family can proudly say, yes, our neighbors can come to us in a time of crisis, and we are capable and able to help them. We have two generators here. We have more than enough food and water. I mean, we have. Been, my mother has been planning this for over a year.
1: Oh, I, I think that's, you know, well, you're the place that everybody's going to probably come to.
4: And that's okay. And we'll, we'll, we will accommodate as many as we can and help those that we can. I
1: mean, you know, that's amazing that you've thought about the community. It makes you a leader automatically. You
4: well, know? you know, I don't look at it like that, you know, because in the church they teach you, you know, it's just not, not about you. It's about caring for your neighbor. You know, you're charged with caring for your neighbor, and your neighbor don't mean just the person next door. You know, it's everyone in the whole community, and everyone needs to have that mindset.
1: No, no, I understand. I I, I think it's wonderful that, you know, you're prepared like that, and everybody's going to have a place to go should the next earthquake happen, God forbid, or fire, or whatever the case may be.
4: Exactly, because the government, they're going to be overwhelmed. You know, the local fire departments and paramedics, they're going to be overwhelmed helping the critically injured, which they're supposed to do, but you know, we need to be able to maintain on our own for at least three or four days, if not more.
1: Exactly right, exactly right. And water and all of that kind of stuff, you have to have that stocked. Absolutely. And, um, you know, more people should be thinking like you. I remember when I was in New York City, well, actually New York State, um, it seemed to me that the people in my community Um, The government in my community were much more proactive about emergency planning than anybody here in Los Angeles. Right. Um, I used you know, I was in Stony Point, New York. It was, you know, a suburb in Rockland County where, you know, a family that didn't have much money could afford to buy a big house, okay? It was about an hour away from Manhattan. And, you know, we used to receive all kinds of evacuation, you know, materials and, you know, information about where to go and what schools had the extra generators in the beds and, you know, how you would get, what's the best route to get to the school should an emergency happen. So because it was in the mail and because it was handed out to everybody, you know, we were all hip to it. We were able to talk to our kids about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt so much better being prepared. I'm telling you, honey, here,
4: if anything happened, I would have no idea what to do. But you're not the only one because it's not discussed. It's broadly discussed. They'll tell you you, what, you need to do this and you need to do that. Okay, how about offering some free classes every Saturday to have everyone come in to tell us exactly what we need to know? How about no,
1: that?
4: E- exactly right. We have to take a break, Angie. Don't go
1: anywhere. Stand by. We'll come right back.
2: Now you can listen to your favorite
0: hosts on your cell phone by clicking the banner on our homepage, News Talk Radio, com movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E-Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions, visit us online at www.Rack and Roll Entertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L Entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. and aknroll Entertainment.com.
3: Free yourself from the prison of your conditioned thoughts and destroy barriers that hinder your success. Tune in to Empowered Living, Life, Truth, and Being Free with host, speaker, writer, and personal coach Steve Maraboli. Steve
4: and his expert guests take you on a quest for truth and highlight philosophies and strategies
3: that help you release your greatest self. It's time to shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to your greatest potential, and align with happiness, success, and excellence with empowered living life the truth and being free with steve maripoli broadcasting every monday at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern on the voice america channel empowered living life the truth and being free release
4: the power within
3: VoiceAmerica.com
0: Get free advice from Crisis Communications Guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
1: Good morning everybody, we're back with our newest correspondent, Angie Bailey. Hi. Angie, isn't it funny that I couldn't get your name right? You yeah. became a joke. <laughs>
4: I'm waiting and for you to call Andrea or Andy or, you know, some Audria, anything other than Angie.
1: I know. And, I you know, it was just really funny. Well, you know what? It was a very busy time for me at Diet Classics Performance Labs because, I you know, my job was to come in and to, you know, launch all the creative elements of the new Diet Classics brand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of time, I, there was really a lot to do in the time that I had to do it. It had to be done very, very quickly. Right. Um, you know, so I was, you know, often in a fog, what can I say, but your smiley face was so wonderful to greet every day.
4: Oh, you are such a sweetheart. But, you know, there's a lot going on in the political arena, so let's get to that real quick, because you and I could talk forever.
1: I know, we could have a show that goes on forever and never stops. The first show that goes on forever and never, ever, ever, ever stops, but let's talk about it,
4: yes. Okay, so let's start with what happened early last week, when. Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton made this comment, and I don't know if anyone else thought that this was hysterically funny. Maybe I'm just weird like that. But she made this comment that Senator Obama Barack should give back the $1.3 million that he had received from a fundraiser that he had in Hollywood last week. Right Now, I thought that that was hysterically funny. Just, man, just give back the money. You know, don't donate it to a worthy cause you know, or anything. Just get the check back. Just say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't take this check back because David Griffin is no longer your friend. <gasps> oh my God. You oh yes, now, yes, now, you, know, you really mean the David Geffen, Geffen thing.
1: You? Do you remember
4: The, the why David Geffen,
1: not David Griffin?
4: Right, David
1: Geffen. Right. Geffen. David Geffen, you know, um part of the big three in Hollywood. Right. You know, Katzenberg, Spielberg and Geffen. Right. Okay. Well you
4: know that um David is still kinda angry you know, over when President Clinton was in office and you know he was doing those crazy pardons. Well, he did not grant the pardon of a friend of David Gessens, who was a Native American who was an activist and he was convicted of murder. Now I can complicated who, darling. Well I don't know who he who he murdered, but David was very angry that he did not Grant that pardon. So, he took his anger out on Hillary. And decided, I'm not your friend, you're a big liar, I'm going to give money to the other person that's running. So it
1: was it was all a personal vendetta? Absolutely. but Clinton, I was... did,
4: now Clinton actually
1: probably did the right thing by not giving a pardon.
4: Probably, seeing that he pardoned his brother in law, but we're not even going to talk about that. Oh, we will to talk about that for a second. No, no, we're no, Let's no, no, not the no, no, no. that.
1: But I mean, the point is, you know, people know, here's what the headline, here's the difference between the headlines and what really happens. The headlines in the newspapers say that, you know, Geffen, you know, Geffen abolishes relationship with Clintons and supports Obama. That's right. what comes out in the news. Right. Okay? okay? But nobody really knows the history, you know, unless you really look it up and research it online.
4: Well, and unless you, you know, you keep in the know what's really going on and you just have a really good memory like me because I think politics is just very interesting So <laughs> I know well that's why you were a poli-sci major so I kind of you know I remember these things but not only that now let's talk about someone else and you and I have talked about him before the Reverend Al Sharpton oh yes and you know it's just so funny that you know
1: because I was a New Yorker I mean I would like see him in the streets and have coffee with him You're it's really kidding.
4: funny I why mean he's really a nice guy a but like he's all rhetoric why did not you offer him to do a makeover. He is stuck in a time warp. Well, he wants he to be Don help. King.
1: He figures that, you know, boxing promoters do really well, so
4: if he looks like Don <laughs> King, maybe he could do really well in politics. Okay, well, the thing is, he's a pastor, and let's not mix his, you know, the, the religion with the politics. Choose one or the other, and I think he needs to stick with just being a pastor, and that's it. <laughs> let's just do that. But anyway, he just recently <laughs> found out that his ancestors were slaves owned by former Senator, who's dead, um, Strom Thurmond's relative. And the New York Daily News asked a genealogist to trace his roots. Now, of all the people to pick to do this, what I'm wondering is, why did they pick Reverend Al Sharpton, of all the people in the world that they could have chosen?
1: Well, I, I, the question is: Did they pick Al Sharpton, or did Al Sharpton make it his
4: cause? I think, from what I understand and what I've been reading in the papers, is that they just they picked him and they asked for his permission, and he just basically said, "Go for it."
1: Okay, because they thought, you know what? He's very aggressive. Don't kid yourself. Right. I mean, if Sharpton's, you know, he's a very sophisticated self-promoter. Okay and that's why his face is all over the place. I mean for no reason. Well, I mean he actually goes out there and he preaches and you know, he has a very very, you know, he knows how to be the circus clown. Andy. And that's
4: what he is.
1: He knows how to be the circus clown. I you know, I don't it, it's interesting. I would love to do a poll with African Americans to see what they really think because this is I'm sure I've talked to many many people You know, of color, and they all are really disgusted and embarrassed.
4: Well, as I was telling you, you know, back when we were at Performance Labs, every time he opens his mouth, I am so afraid of what's coming out. Well, listen, this this is how I feel about President Bush, so it's
1: okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We're an equal opportunity in offenders, right? Right. Well, let's move on because we're running out of time. Now, former Vice President Al Gore won something last Sunday. I'm so happy that he did. Hooray. I'm I'm wonderful. I I just feel great about this. He won an Oscar for his documentary. You know what?
1: For so many years, he seemed to have been, you know, the vice president
4: loser. Right, and he was the butt of everybody's jokes, but you know what? Who has the last laugh? Oh, yes. I know. And you know what? He's
1: so good for him. You yes. know how you and I always have discussions about the universe and, you know, sometimes we don't know the reasons why things happen, but they just happen. Exactly. I mean, I think this man became the vice president so that he could tell the world his message and share his research and his passion about the world falling apart, never mind war factions.
4: Right. Now, the whole thing is the world has been falling apart for years, ever since I was a little girl. We're not even going to discuss how long de- ago that was. Was. Well, you're not, and yes, no, you're still so a youngin'. has been going on forever, and now, as the glaciers are beginning to disappear, and I'm trying to get my kids up to Alaska, so we can see the little bit that's left, now everyone wants to pay attention, and this documentary, and I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, we have. Okay. We have. I we we for,
1: have, and we were so, It was. I thought it was a horror movie, I just had a horror expert on the first part of the show. Right. I thought... I I thought it was like a horror movie. You know Mm -hmm. why? Because it's real. Yes. 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 I mean, this is real. Would you look at those pictures of what... Oh, man. But, you know, look at... So I was so happy, like you were happy, at the Oscars that Al Gore finally got recognition, and look at how the Hollywood community really adores him.
4: Yes, they love
1: him. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio's
4: like, do you want to make an announcement? (laughs) Yeah, wasn't that funny? That was like the funniest thing, and just as he's, you know, pulling out this paper and saying this, the band, the orchestra starts playing this music. I thought it was hilarious. I, I thought the Oscars were well produced this year. What do you think? You know, I normally don't watch because, you know, I have a lot of other things to do I was probably giving my dog a bath I don't know but you know I I catch all the highlights
1: of course that's really the important thing you don't have time to sit down for six hours so
4: yeah, you know, because my day is pretty busy. You know, I, and you
1: know. I, well, I'm. So, you, you sound really, really fantastic. I'm so excited for you to finally have the time to spend with your kids again. It was the longest commute in history. I don't care what you say about it. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, when I think of you coming in from where you came in from, I think of going to Las Vegas and all the road construction that you had to put up with. Darling, my God! Yeah,
4: but you know what? Just working at Performance Labs made it just just so worth. it. Worth it for me And, you know, I just I appreciate the opportunity To have been there Because if I hadn't been there I wouldn't have met you No, I thought I knew for sure And I had such a good time Sitting
1: with you At the Christmas lunch And all of that kind of stuff And, uh, you know You got your award What was it? Bo Derek in the morning?
4: Yes, my Bo Derek Because, you know I get there pretty early And, you know I wear my French braids You know, because uh, I am Of the African-American persuasion Okay, so, but, know, I, but I wear my, you know, my, my braids And, you know I try to look decent even it's no, you're beautiful. Oh my God, when you put the suits on, ooh, wee yeah,
1: I clean up pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I remember when you came in and it was like your last
4: week, and you came in like, oh, uh, yeah, I needed you guys to see. You know, I don't, I can be, you know, business, very business. Well, I don't, you, you I know what, we have so to casual. wrap up.
1: Do you know that we went way over, and I'm getting like yelled at by my. <laughs> I'm, Hi, I'm getting so yelled far. at by, by technical time. people. We have to wrap up. Welcome, Angie Bailey. Welcome to the show, and we're going to talk real soon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for letting Angie stay on a little longer. We're going to have to wrap up. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.